Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2180. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah, with a very special guest by the name of Mia Vivacqua. Mia, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Um, I'm actually in my Prius with an EVC, ECVT, but I've got uh, ready mode illuminated on the dash and <laughs> the gear selector and drive. All right, we'll have some fun. Now, the great thing about having me on the phone here, listeners, is if we break down, I have no worries because she can fix anything. So that's something really cool. And I'll explain that in her introduction. But before I give you a proper introduction, Mia, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about Mia Vivacqua? Well, this kind of relates to what we're going to talk about today anyhow, but uh I've owned around 50 cars, and I would say about a dozen of those have been J-Bodies, which is the platform that includes uh, Cavaliers, Sunbirds, Skyhawks, and Cimarrons. Mm-hmm. I got into J-Bodies from the 80s and early 90s uh, because the Z24 Cavalier was like the kid brother to the Z28 Camaro that I couldn't afford as a teenager. So, you know, I still like those cars to this day, so... Wow. That's a great thing about the car world. Uh, We all have our loves for different varieties of cars and vehicles, but um, I think you're first there with that group of cars. So Yeah, I like quirky stuff. (laughs) Very cool. Let me give you a proper introduction. Mia Bavacqua is the chief mechanic and technical writer at carparts.com. Carparts has been in business for over 25 years and is your best online source for finding the right car parts faster and easier. With over 17 years of industry experience, she is an automotive subject matter expert, holding a bachelor's degree in advanced automotive systems, as well as an impressive list of automotive service excellence, the ASC certifications. And they include, get ready, master automobile technician, master medium heavy duty technician, L1 advanced engine performance specialist, L2 electronic diesel engine diagnostic specialist, L3 light duty hybrid electric vehicle specialist. Man, you know a lot of things. Throughout her career, Mia has applied her skills toward automotive failure analysis, inspections, consulting, diagnostic software development, and of course, writing. We'll learn a lot more about Mia and cars and vehicles and some cool things that carparts.com is doing for us. But first, a word from our sponsors. They put the fuel in the tank here. So buckle up, get ready. We'll be right back. Autumn has arrived, the weather is changing, and that means your vehicle needs extra protection against everything that Mother Nature can drop. Covercraft offers you a multitude of layers and protection for your special rides. Are you putting your summer toys, watercraft, RV, motorcycles, trailers, even your patio furniture away? Well, Covercraft has a custom fit cover just for you. Covercraft offers you 10 different car cover options, that's right, 10 for your vehicle's protection, whether you store it inside or out. All carefully crafted into the form and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. And don't forget, their custom fit seat covers, pet pads, yeah, Fido's gonna get wet and muddy, dash mats, sunscreens, and custom fit floor mats and trunk mats are available at Covercraft.com. Whatever the surface you want to protect, Covercraft has a solution just for you. And if you use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. 
Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Come on, Mother Nature, bring it on. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. American Collectors Insurance is my go-to for collector car insurance and more. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Fall is here, and you know what that means. Time to put a good coat of protection on your vehicle. I'm teamed up with AutoGeek, and they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started back in 1997 as a small mail-order catalog company grew into a multi-website-based e-commerce store, and that's what they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries, and its retail sector ships worldwide. If you want to protect your vehicle this fall, and you should, go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and technical support. AutoGeek.net. It's where I go for my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. So, Mia, we are back. Wow. When I think about what you know and what you do and what you can do, pretty incredible, pretty impressive. And we are going to talk about car parts and some of the very unique things that you're doing there. But I want to go back in time first and ask you, why did you get into this industry being very technical minded and knowing all the things you do? Kind of walk us through your career path, education, because, man, you've got a lot of things in your head. Yeah, so um, basically, I was just born really lucky, and I, it was into how like things work. I guess I just kind of I started out with wanting Hot Wheels as a kid. My mom tried to give me Barbies, and then I asked <laughs> Hot Wheels and Transformers, and then um, yeah, I was always interested in like fixing things and how things work. And then uh, as a teenager, that kind of rolled into cars. So I uh, got an you know, associate's degree right out of high school, just general education. Then I dropped out my first bachelor's degree and uh, became a mechanic. Um, I trained, uh, never went to tech school to be a technician. I actually started out as an apprentice, had an, an amazing um, couple of um, gentlemen that I worked with uh, as an apprentice, and that taught me the ba- the basics. Uh, after being there for a couple of years, I went and finished a bachelor's degree at Weber State in Advanced Automotive Systems. After that, I went to, um, well, I should say I was a technician for about two and a half years before I went to school to get my bachelor's. But then after that, after I graduated, I I went to work for Snap-on Diagnostics as an applications engineer. Then I um, came back to Salt Lake City to pursue a second bachelor's degree in 
which I never finished. <laughs> but that uh, kind of in the time that I was working on that second uh, degree, I started uh, doing uh, writing and then doing film analysis inspections. And then that snowballed into uh, what I'm doing today. So done a lot of different things over the years. And it's been really interesting and an exciting journey along the way. Yeah, no kidding. Holy cow. That, this is incredible. Well, carparts.com, I wanted to talk about a couple things today because this is very pertinent what's going on in the world. And one of the things many things that you guys do there at carparts.com is to allow those of us who need parts to find them fast and easy and affordable rates. And you have what's called a do it for me initiative, which is a very interesting thing. And I want you to talk a little bit more about it because this takes you guys beyond just being a place to go and get a part. You've taken it a few steps further. So can you walk us through what's going on with the do it for me initiative? Yeah, so of course, um, you know, if you're a DIYer, you can do the job yourself. That's usually the, that's the most cost effective way. But of course, there's some jobs that are tougher than others. I mean, you know, some jobs are just not uh, really DIY possible unless you have a whole lot of uh, equipment experience, etc. So um, for those who don't DIY uh, or don't do DIY to uh, some degree, um, car parts, com recently launched a new service. Uh, it's Get It Installed on Select Parts, offering customers the option to book installation at trusted shops with pre-negotiated labor pricing that won't change at the shop. So you know what you're getting. You know you're getting one of our uh, pre-vetted installers. So Yeah, this is really cool. You know, I... My wife and I tend to keep cars a long time, and we have two cars right now in our garage. I just sold a 35-year-old car. It was more of a collect-your-fun car, but the two cars in our garage, uh, one is a 18-year-old BMW X5, the other is a 17-year-old E46 M3, and you know I like to pay cash for cars and keep them, and one of the things that's happening on my wife's car, because it's got 100 close to 170,000 miles on it, is things are starting to just wear out. And the car has been stellar. I mean, it's been one of the best cars I've ever had. But things are starting to wear out. And in the last year, specifically, a few things have worn out. And you you take it, I like taking it to my dealer. Uh, They treat me really well. I bought eight, nine cars from them. And it costs a little bit more than a local shop. But they, I know they're going to do a really good job. And I trust them. But finding parts, oh my gosh, they'll call and say, I'm sorry, we, we can't get that part right now. And I tell you, one of the last things that happened was a compressor, uh, air conditioning compressor. Of course, it went out on the hottest day of the year. That's when they do it, right? And uh, they couldn't find the original BMW part, but they sent me to your website and you guys had a part and we're able to get it and have it installed, which was cool. Now, I I don't have the skill sets you have to do things myself, but to be able to direct somebody like me to the right shop that's close by, this is really neat. How long has this been going on? How long have you been doing this? Uh, we just launched this recently, so this is a new initiative for us. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you have a great uh, rapport with your dealer, which is awesome. But there are some people, you know, they don't know who to turn to. They don't know um, what shops they can trust. And I think this will really help uh, those people find a quality shop. Oh, yeah, this is a big problem. Now, the other thing is supply chain issues, getting parts, and inflation. <laughs> That's an ugly word right now because I don't think it's – there's nothing it isn't affecting. So what are some of the ways that you guys have tried to help those of us who need car parts? Because if we're not going to, and that's the other thing. I mean, I'd love to go out and buy a new car, but good luck trying to find one, right? I mean, dealers don't have them. Uh, if they do, they're marking them up. So now is not the time to buy a new car unless you don't care about spending a lot of money. What are some of the things that carparts.com is doing to help those of us get through this very challenging time? 
Yeah, like you said, uh, inflation is having a drastic impact on not only the cost of vehicles, but also the cost of getting them repaired at auto shops. So um, shopping on sites like carparts.com will save you the most on the actual parts purchase. Um, and we source parts directly from suppliers and stock our inventory. So it allows us to pass the cost savings along to the customer. Um, and then, like I said, you know, um, we're here for both the DIYer and uh, we're really trying to also reach out to the Do It For Me uh, customers with our new programs. Yeah, it's just a tough time all around. And one of the interesting things that I learned, like I have both an independent shop that's worked on some of my older cars, uh, older Porsches and collectible cars. And like I said, I like taking the new, well, newer cars from, a new car for me is 15 plus years old. Uh, But one of the things that I learned with dealers sometimes, and even shops, is they like to buy car parts from specific places but if you if they if you have a great shop they'll allow you to bring a part in or you can direct them where to buy a part maybe the maybe the warranties are different a little bit how do you guys deal with that if i buy a part directly from you are parts warrantied does it depend on the part how can i feel comfortable buying a part from uh, from your company yeah um the warranty will uh, depend on the part, um, but we have an awesome um, a customer service team who's always here to answer questions and um, on a particular part or, you know, if there is ever any, you know, counter issues, we've got uh, the best individuals ready to um, help out, do whatever they can to make the customer happy. And some shops will, um, we do have, you know, quite a few people that uh, they do buy our parts and have their mechanic installed them. And, um, you know, some shops are willing to do that. Some shops aren't, but, you know, that definitely is a, a trend that is becoming more popular too, it seems. So we definitely do have that uh, client base. Yeah. Well, anything you can do to get the part, that's, that seems to be yeah. the problem these days. Cause you know, when you have a part fail and then you got to go, well, we might not like, we had a, another part in our car fail last year and it, it was something simple. It was a heat, the, the seat heater. But she likes to have her warm seat, you know? And uh, they said, well, we're sorry, but that's that part's got to come from BMW. And it could take months to get it. And it did take a long time to get it. We just had to kind of wait uh, because of the kind of part it was. They There wasn't an option for us because it included the whole seat cover and everything. Try to find a, a seat bottom for an 18-year-old car. But uh, let's go back to you. Your role there at carparts.com, how do you support the business? What do you do? to help support the business so that consumers can feel good about their purchase. Yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm the chief mechanic and technical writer. So I work on uh, the marketing team, providing a wide range of expertise regarding all areas of automotive technology. So I do everything from like uh, writing uh, articles that will go out to industry publications uh, to, I will, uh, I'm actually kind of go across a bunch of platforms that we have and answer technical questions. I write articles from our, for our, particular website basically if it has to do with technical anything technical i'm the the go-to now on your website aside from going to your website and buying just finding parts are there other places on your website where i can go and learn about things yeah so we do have a vlog it's um in the garage and it's at the bottom of the if you scroll down to the bottom of the web uh, page, it's down there. We do have content that goes out if you subscribe to our uh, mailing list as well. You know, different articles will come to your inbox. Um, so there's those couple other ways that um, 
you can learn as well through car parts. Yeah, well, very cool. So there's more than just buying parts there. You know, I noticed in your current in your garage, and you mentioned it, and you alluded to it in the intro there, one of your stories is five hybrids and EVs, and EVs that could become future classics. And I, I read <laughs> that and I went, what? Wait, we're, we're just kind of coming online with this stuff. But they've been around for a little while. Uh, is that an article that you wrote? Yeah, that article, I, yeah, I actually just wrote that. I think I published it on... Uh... Friday. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, it, people think that they're just new, but uh, a couple that I mentioned in the article, which was a very limited production, was the, you know, 97 um, RAV4 EV. So, I mean, 97, that's... That's a little while knows. ago, yeah. And that was a limited production, but the Honda Insight was the first hybrid in 1999. So, I mean, hybrids and EVs are not new. I mean, yeah. They're not, um, especially hybrids have been around for a couple of decades in mass mass production. So um, that was my idea of that article. And I kind of see like, um, you know, the insights definitely gaining some attention and kind of the collector, collectors are taking the second look at it because it's so um, unique looking. Well, <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, yeah the Tesla uh, Roadster, as I mentioned in that article, you know, it's now been selling for, there's examples that have sold for more than double MSRP, the original MSRP. So I think there's going to be, especially um, kind of the next generation of collectors, you know, they're going to possibly think back fondly on those vehicles and remember them when they were new and stuff. So next generation of collectors, I think that uh, EVs will have their own place, hybrids and EVs in the collector car market. Well, uh, yeah, I think so too. And you think about Radwood, which has come on in the last few years of uh, a next generation of young people, uh, young compared to me, uh, that are into that era of cars. There's a whole group of people into the Malays cars in the 70s. Um, yeah, so this is just, just a natural evolution, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely into the Malays. I guess if the Malays includes the 80s, and I'm into that too. So. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, if you look at the the Honda Insight, really unique car, but you, you go back to the uh, General Motors EV1, and I mean, it's a car you just never see. You might see it in a museum and so forth, but uh, lots of history there, a lot of fun stuff. I like to ask my guests about what I call our driving inspirations, people who are mentors in your life or influential people that helped you along. Is there somebody like that in your world? Uh, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I'd say my parents would be the most influential people in my life. You know, them is knowledgeable about cars, and my dad's a retired lawyer, um, but they always gave me the love and support to pursue my dreams. And then also, as I mentioned, uh, I never went to trade school to become a technician. Uh, I learned the basics in an apprentice and an independent shop, and um, the two uh, gentlemen I uh, trained under, uh, Greg and Bill, I pretty much owe my <laughs> the foundation of my career to them. So those would be the uh, the four people that I would think the most. You know, one of the things being a, a woman in the field that you're in is changing. Uh, used to be very, very rare that you would see somebody in your position uh, that's a female just because it just wasn't happening. But I've interviewed hundreds of women in the automotive sector and it's a growing sector. And two of my key, key and they're not really sponsors, but I promote them here is uh, uh, helping them as TechForce Foundation and RPM Foundation are helping young people get into this field. If you are going to advise, and not specifically just young women, but young women too, but young people that want to get into this field, how would you advise them to go about it? I guess to, uh, to get into... Um industry, you know, like I said, you don't necessarily have to go to a, a trade school or um, a tech school, though that does help. Um, you know, I think I got pretty lucky um, being taken on as apprentice. I kind of had just learned in my driveway with the Chilton manuals from <laughs> yeah. back the day you had YouTube. And so I think I got lucky. But uh, 
I guess um, one piece of advice I would give is to, uh, if you're interested in getting into the automotive industry, is to think outside of the box. So if you love cars, um, there's a lot of other paths you can take besides being a technician or a service advisor. If you don't want to go that route, um, you know, obviously I've done a lot of different things. Um, even though I started my career as a technician in my early 20s, um, it's been a long time since I've turned wrenches professionally. So that's just something to... Uh, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Like you don't have to go to a trade school and then just go right to being a technician. And that's not the only path there is. So I guess like my best piece of advice is, yeah, to think outside the box. And, uh, you know, if you're passionate about uh, automotive and then something else, like think of ways to combine those things like, you know, writing and your love of cars, you know, there's a lot of different routes. So um, yeah, just be open to um, new opportunities and, paths that you wouldn't think about. It's pretty incredible how it's changed. I have a nephew who started as, he went to a tech school, learned how to work on vehicles, was hired by Volkswagen, worked there, worked his way up to be the uh, head service advisor. And then he uh, really kind of fell in love with Tesla. And now he works for Tesla in, in a whole different, entirely different kind of role. And he doesn't spin wrenches anymore. I mean, those cars don't have a lot of that kind of need and is helping people online with their Teslas and so forth a whole and he said I would never thought that my career would go down this path to where I'm on the phone or online with people they're connecting their cars I'm helping them fix their cars training other people working on that I have another guest who's been on the show that he and his wife bought a Tesla we're kind of intimidated by it and they've created a company called Driven where they're helping people learn how to utilize all the technology in AVs because they can be a bit overwhelming for normal folks to get in the car and realize there's all these modes and settings and you know it's kind of scary the car drives itself uh it's pretty amazing world did you ever think when you got into this you'd ever see what's going on right now no i mean i think when i was a when i was a mechanic you know the first priuses were just starting to come out i guess the second generation prius so but yeah, I remember those coming in thinking those were so wild and all I did was change oil on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, uh, I can't think I kind of like, not back then, but I think, mm, I would say over a decade ago, I saw this was where we were headed. But when the first Priuses, I first encountered Priuses and stuff, I didn't uh, ever, never thought we would get to where we are now. But uh, I think it's really exciting. and It's a renaissance. Yeah, um, I'm, it's it's making uh, my career um, kind of, yeah, it gives me something to new to learn all the time and everything is changing and it makes my career a lot more fun. Yeah, so. it's moving fast. We'll take another short break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit about maybe a challenge you faced that you learned a lot from that turned out being positive. So keep that in mind and we'll be right back. All right. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand-mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, and their goal is is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM a Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them 
with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine, well, for a couple of years now. It's an incredible publication that's geared for the automotive life. It's full of experiences, opinions, and values. And it's published by a friend of mine and a past guest here on Cars Yeah, Donald Osborne. Well, Linkage Magazine is growing in 2023, and you'll be getting six issues instead of four. And there's a great deal I've got for you here. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you're already a subscriber, and use the promo code RENEW6 for one year or RENEW12 for two years, you'll get those additional copies for this year's price. Plus, you get a cool hat. That's right. You're going to get two more issues every year, Linkage Magazine starting in the new year. But you got to do this by December 31st, 2022 to get the special deal. So go to LinkageMag.com today and subscribe or resubscribe like I'm going to do. Linkage, it's a wonderful magazine and something should be on your desk. So Mia, let's talk about this. The big challenge question I call it here is really more about the positive lesson. Maybe it was a tough time going through the situation but as you look back now you say wow i never realized how important that was in my life or my career i've heard all sorts of answers to this question so you jump in the driver's seat and take it away yeah i mean i guess uh when i was young there weren't as many women in the industry as there are now even though there are still aren't as many so you know i started i was a lube technician and i had to get over the anxiety of feeling like all eyes were on me you know because i was the only woman so in my career just my but early years were the hardest part, but I stuck with it thanks to the support of my family. And um, now I'm at the point where I don't view myself as a, a female subject matter expert, but uh, rather just a subject matter expert with no relationship to, to my gender identity. So, you know, I've come a long way, but I think we've come a long way as an industry too, um, where the gender is not as much of a not as much of a big deal anymore. So that's really. My listeners know this. My my wife uh, studied engineering in school. When she graduated with an engineering degree, there was only two women in the college. And it was a big school, University of California, San Diego. And she went in to become a civil engineer. And in her office, she had to overcome all sorts of, let's just say, crap that <laughs> she had to deal with with men and the way they treated her. And her boss was really supportive and used to say, look, Jill, you got to dazzle them with your brain. You are very intelligent. And my listeners have heard this on ad nauseum. My wife is way smarter than me. She is super brilliant. And that's the way she tackled that. If you were going to advise a woman today, and it has improved, but there's still challenges out there. Heck, there's challenges for men sometimes too. How would you advise a, a young woman getting into this field that's feeling some of that pressure, uh, the gender-related pressure, let's just put it that way. How would you advise that person to uh, work through that? and uh, twist it around and make it positive? Um, I think for one, you know, seek out female mentors. So if you can, you know, find someone who's in the industry that um, can give you some support. And then um, with anything in life, it's you, I guess you just have to, uh, you know, kind of believe in yourself and know that you can get through it. Like when I was, uh, when I did start, I was a mechanic, you know, there was this one point that this customer she said, I don't want her working on the car. I want the real mechanic, which was my. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And wait, I, and a woman said that? 
Yeah, I was a woman. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, yeah, um, sexism can come from either. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, you know, I I didn't, I couldn't, I could have just said, well, this is it. Like, I'm giving up. Like, I can't do this anymore. That really, you know, breaks my heart. But um, I guess you just have to think um, that's one experience. Tomorrow is a different day and, uh, you know, work past those challenges on a day by day basis. Wow. Incredible. Well, uh, stellar conviction and I'm glad you stuck with it and it's tremendous. So that's, that's very, very cool. Now I like to talk about special vehicles. You alluded to some very unique cars that you really are in love with at the beginning of our talk here today. Is there one special vehicle that really stands out in your life? And if so, tell us a story about that ride. Um, I guess it's like for probably two. So, um, my current daily driver is a 2005 Prius that I got for a thousand dollars, not running. Had a bad battery pack. I took the pe- battery pack apart and replaced the bad modules with some used ones that cost $60. Um, <laughs> six months later, it's still running fine. It's perfect. All the modules are equally balanced. So that one was fun. And then my Prius before that, uh, I got for $500. Um, that one actually bought like before the EV <laughs> craze. So uh, I started before I didn't, I had just taken some training courses for safety courses and stuff. But I didn't know a whole lot. So I uh, bought that one to learn on. I ended up replacing the motors and the inverter on the floor of my single car garage that I had at the time. And I got that one running, drove that for several years. So those two were kind of, uh, you know, kind of, I still like my internal combustion powered, well, internal combustion only vehicles, but, you know, I'm kind of moving more into, I also have an escape hybrid that I drive uh, fixed up as well. So I'm kind of more into tinkering with the hybrids and EVs now because it's something new. So yeah, that's kind of weird. Knowing the technical side of vehicles like you do, Mia, um, I want to ask you this question because sadly, like so many things, uh, the onset of EV vehicles has become a big political hot button. And I want to remove that for a moment and ask your opinion on anyone who's concerned or like thinking, well, gosh, EV sounds kind of good makes sense for the way I drive and use vehicles, but I'm just not so sure. This is like new and I read things online that's going to blow up and catch on fire and all, you know, all these crazy things. Or how, how would you help someone overcome that and think that maybe this might work for them? I'm not trying to get you to just promote EVs, but I think you know where I'm going with this. For for those of us that don't have one and we're kind of thinking about it, but we're not really sure and which way should we go? And again, removing all the politics aside because that just muddles everything up. How would you advise somebody to think about an EV vehicle as something in their future? Yeah, I mean, right now there are some hurdles for EVs, especially for certain individuals. So the infrastructure, of course, it's improving all the time and there's a lot of initiatives in place to grow that. But there's still people that like uh, say live in apartments and they can't put a charger in their house. So then they've got to go to a charging station, but that is going to all improve with time. So I guess right now uh, for someone who's interested in EV reliability wise and safety wise, they're on par, if not better than internal combustion only vehicles, but you have to uh, right now it's kind of the individual has to look at their personal um, lifestyle and say, do I have a garage that I can put this charger in for now? Um, or can I, do I have access to enough DC fast chargers around me? Um, so right now it's kind of like a case by case basis. Uh, if an EV will work, a pure EV will work for your lifestyle. But I think all those hurdles will be addressed in the future, but that's where we're at now. But yeah, reliability wise, I mean, there's less parts. The batteries do not degrade 
I mean, near, there's probably some exceptions. The first generation Nissan Leaf didn't have a good battery um, and stuff like that. But for the most part, the batteries don't degrade nearly as fast as people think they do. I mean, my Escape Hybrid is 2008. I have 220,000 miles on that vehicle with the original battery. Wow. And the nickel metal hydride, uh, the Tesla batteries, lithium-ion, from everything I've read, they really uh, last <laughs> an amazing amount of time. So, yeah. um, and I guess I would say for those who aren't ready for a pure EV, like they don't have a place to put a charger, they don't have access to a nearby public charger, you know, a hybrid is a great way to go. That's what I have right now. And uh, with the hybrid, there's, um, you know, no compromise as far as um, range anxiety and those kinds of things. Um, of course, then you do have the added complexity of having the gas engine too. So you've got the regular maintenance that you would have on a gas-powered vehicle, you know, oil changes and spark plugs and stuff. But hybrids are a great way to get your feet, like, get your feet wet with um, EV technology. Save some, save some gas in the process. So, so I'm going to be your car psychologist here. Call into your head a little bit here, Mia. If you were manifest, reincarnated as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive the lady in the mirror, what would you be? But more importantly, why? Well, we talked about the first generation insight. <laughs> I think I would be a first generation insight because okay. underneath I'm pretty nerdy. Um, like I'm into all, everything like STEM, like science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, and I feel like that insight reflects that type of nerdiness. It just looks nerdy. So I <laughs> had <laughs> a nice answer. Yeah, I kind of I get that. I have a good friend whose daughter uh, works as an engineer and she's worked for Tesla and other big companies. And it's so funny because listening to you, you speak. You're just like her. You know, it's really funny. And I got to spend some time with her, with my friend during car week and talk to her a little bit about her job and her, her current job. She's a contract worker that gets hired by all sorts of different automotive companies to work with them and just her passion. And she gets so excited talking about the mechanics and engineering and mathematics and all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, you, you two should meet. So let's talk about a great book. Is there a great book you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Well, um, I guess uh, I read a ton of books and periodicals. It's hard to choose. Like right now, I'm just sort of reading the biggest ideas in the universe by Sean Carroll, which is uh, physics and stuff. So there goes the nerdiness again. But um, but I guess for a young person looking into getting the auto industry, I would recommend uh, purchasing the ASEA series collection of study guides if you're looking to learn about how cars work um, mm -hmm. and reading those from cover to cover. I read those and. Each one of those study guides, tons of times when I first started out, and then I would go out there and break my cars and read the manuals and stuff. But that's how I got started, you know, reading those books, and I didn't take any formal courses. So those are really awesome. And then uh, I guess for young people, also pick up a book or two on personal finance, since that's something they don't teach you in school. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, you want you wonder why I got my own thoughts on that, but uh, yeah, learn about personal finance uh, for sure. So I'm going to enable you. I'm going to pay for it. So this makes it easy uh, to go on the ultimate drive. I'm going to buy you any car in the world. You could take it anywhere in the world and you could take anybody with you, even somebody who's no longer with us, somebody from the past, somebody who's deceased. Uh, interesting idea. What does the ultimate drive look like for a nerd? I'll call you a nerd with all love and affection, a nerd like you. <laughs> I guess I would take my family and my dog because uh, no one else is more important to me than them. We'd probably be traveling in a lucid air and I would drive. <laughs> of course we're probably talking about how cool the air is and all the exciting changes there on the horizon for the automotive industry 
Oh, cool. A little nice cross-country trip. Yeah, pretty spectacular vehicles. Well, this has been a really interesting talk, and I can't thank you enough for spending some time with me today and sharing your world. Uh, carparts.com, I'd encourage you listeners like I did, uh, check them out if you need to get some car parts, even if you're not that great at turning a wrench like me, uh, but you want to have the best parts and keep your car up to date, carparts.com. Very easy to find online, easy to use. Uh, and you know what? They always seem to have exactly what you want, which is pretty rare these days. Try ordering a pizza. Oh, sorry, we're out of pickles or <laughs> whatever. Yeah, pickles. I like pickles on a pizza. Oh, if you were going to leave us with some parting words of wisdom or inspiration, Mia, or a success quote or a mantra, what would it be? Um, I guess to stay passionate and stay curious. The automotive industry and many other aspects of life are continuously changing. You have to be a lifelong learner to stay up to date. Yeah, you definitely are a lifelong learner. And I want to do a shout out. Thank you to our friend Christina Piersante at 5WPR for introducing me to Mia. Christina, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Mia, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing your world with our listeners. Boy, the world's changing fast. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you probably in an EV down the road. Yeah, thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate you having me. You're welcome. This was fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.